This is the San Francisco Experience with your host, Jim Herlihy. Independent news commentary with a California perspective, featuring newsmakers, thought leaders, and authors. Season 10, Episode 3, The California Recall Update. Talking with Alexei Kosef, state capital reporter for the San Francisco Chronicle. With less than two weeks left before California voters decide whether or not to recall Governor Gavin Newsom, there is still much uncertainty as regards how voters will decide. Joining us today from his office in Sacramento to make sense of it all is Alexei Kosef with the San Francisco Chronicle. Hello, Alexei, and welcome to the show. Hi there. Thanks for having me on. My pleasure. Alexei, could we start off by giving us a, a brief biography? Sure. So my name is Alexei Kosef. I am a reporter for the San Francisco Chronicle up here in Sacramento. I've been here for about eight years now, almost, where I worked for the Chronicle. I worked for the Sacramento Bee, but have always been covering the state capitol, the legislature, the governor, elections, all kinds of exciting political things. Done just about everything up here that you can imagine and have formed my way into every nook and cranny of, of the capital over the years. But I grew up in the Bay Area myself, so it's obviously exciting to be writing for a Bay Area audience again for the last couple of years, focusing on you know the issues that are important to them and governor who comes from the, from the region, obviously cut his political teeth as in, in the rough and tumble world of San Francisco politics. So. Indeed, yeah. it is a rough and tumble world. I worked with, with Governor Newsom when he was mayor of San Francisco, traveled extensively with him in Asia. So I think he's equal to the task of this recall. Give us a sense, 12 days before this historic recall, Alexei, where do we stand at this point and what do the polls indicate? Yeah, this was a this was a recall that was looking like it could perhaps end up a lot closer than might one might have anticipated in a state that's so overwhelmingly democratic. For a while there, polls had suggested that even though Newsom remained fairly popular overall with the electorate among likely voters, things were very close because the interest and the enthusiasm from Democratic voters that carried Gavin Newsom into power in 2018 was was just lagging. But that's really changed over the last couple of weeks as ballots have gone out in the mail, as ads have started popping up on TV, as union leaders have started, you know, canvassing neighborhoods and knocking on doors, as all of the normal sort of electoral pieces are, have started falling into place. People have definitely checked in and, and gotten much more interested and started paying attention and that has really changed the dynamic of the race so there's a new poll that just came out from the public policy institute of california for example that shows newsom winning by 19 points really you know we'll obviously see at the end of the day whether that holds you know or not but that would certainly be in line with his margin in 2018 and and it would suggest that at the end of the day the recall supporters were not able to expand their base much beyond 
the people who didn't like Newsom to begin with. Let's just come back to that poll that uh, shows a 19-point lead that's insurmountable. But is that a poll of registered voters or likely voters? Uh, Likely voters. Yeah, I think that likely voters is always an interpretation. And what we're seeing here is that the likely voters are coming more in line with the electorate as a whole as Democrat really start paying attention to the race and returning ballot. For example, we've seen in these first couple of weeks since mail ballots went out already several million, about five million ballots have already been returned and they are disproportionately from Democrats. So certainly that enthusiasm is there. And there are definitely signs that would indicate that this this polling is is potentially where things are headed. Well, that's that's great news for for Governor Newsom. What is the opposition saying? What what are all of these 46 candidates who are running for governor? Should he be recalled? What are they saying? What are they doing? How are they how are they responding to what appears to be a landslide victory for Governor Newsom in the making? You know, this is not something that I think they really are paying or they're not really acknowledging publicly. Right. I think if if you are losing potentially an election, you just sort of try and get your message out there as much as possible and turn things around. But I mean, this was always an uphill battle for recall supporters just giving the fundamental partisan lean of the state. I don't think anyone at the end of the day can really be too surprised if he's ultimately victorious by a lot because he was in 2018. We've seen it before. The leading replacement candidate, Larry Elder, he's a conservative talk radio host who has really excited and mobilized a conservative Republican base in California and by far leads the field of replacement candidates. He is certainly continuing to put himself out there and campaign. He has made stops throughout the state in in various different regions, done virtual and in-person events, trying to whip up enthusiasm. And his closing message really does seem to be trying to reach out to Democrats and maybe more moderate voters who have been turned off perhaps by some of his more extreme positions on issues like the minimum wage or women in the workplace, things that he's taken a lot of criticism for. And he's really trying to emphasize things that are a little bit more bipartisan, like schools. He he held an event a couple of days ago with a former Democratic Senate leader from the state Senate about school choice and, and trying to make that an issue in the race. But it's hard to imagine that that kind of messaging is really going to break through at a time when everyone is so focused on the pandemic. Well, it's interesting. Governor Newsom's message has been throughout this campaign is to reject the Republican recall. Looking at that message, it seemed to me that he would have been better served by touting his own accomplishments over the last two and a half years, as opposed to simply saying reject the Republican recall. On the other hand, with 5 million votes having already been cast, as you said, and the majority of them coming from Democrats, it seems as though that message is working. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're in a place politically in California, 
and across the country where partisanship reigns. You don't see much in the way of crossover voting the way you might have historically. There's sort of been a, a separation and, and a re sort of sorting, a resorting of partisanship at the moment. And so there weren't probably a lot of Democrats who were ever going to cross over and vote against Newsom, at least according to the polling. You know, he has maintained throughout this process pretty strong support overall, even though it has certainly dipped during the worst of the pandemic. It has never gotten so bad that he seemed real danger of losing his own party. So once once the Newsom team started really emphasizing the idea that this was a Republican recall and especially pointing to someone like Larry Elder as a mm-hmm. avatar of that, holding up viewpoints of his as representative of something that would be out of step with California, taking California backward, that really resonated with Democrats as a threat. And those scare, those scare tactics seem to be working. Very definitely. Let's just move on for a minute. There was a report in this morning's San Francisco Chronicle about the upcoming legislation in Sacramento, which would essentially lighten the zoning restrictions in California, which have been very much in favor of single-family homes, and to relax those zoning regulations to permit single-family homes to perhaps divide lots, to allow for small apartment buildings to be built in residential areas. Now, apparently, that legislation has cleared both the California Senate, the California legislature, and it is headed towards Governor Newsom's desk for signature. He, once it gets to his desk, he has a month, right, to sign it or to veto it. I assume he's probably going to sign it. Do you think that that might become an issue in the election? I mean, we only have we only have 12 days left in the recall, but it was certainly a contentious issue last year when the legislation failed in the in the assembly and in the Senate. So, do you think that could be an 11th hour issue? I would say probably not. This is definitely something that is very meaningful to a lot of people and they've mobilized against it, but it is also a niche sort of issue. And if it was so controversial that it could really sink a political campaign, I think you would have seen a lot of maneuvering ahead of time to stop the bill from ever making it to his desk at all. Mm -hmm. But the reality is that the governor does support efforts to make it easier to build additional housing in the state. Uh, That was sort of a campaign promise of his in 2018. And he's kind of struggled to take those steps to to reach those goals. So he put out a statement when this passed the legislature that didn't make any promises about whether he signed it, would sign it, but it did sort of signal this kind of support. And I think you're right that he probably will sign it, but he'll probably wait until after the recall to do it just in case, as as you say, it could become potentially an 11th hour type of issue. Are there any other pieces of pending legislation in Sacramento that have the potential to become rallying causes for the opposition and potentially to to damage the the governor's apparent cruise to victory in the in the recall. They've tried on a lot of issues over the over the past year and the past months especially whether it be homelessness Yes. or crime or wildfires. I mean, there's a lot of things that are very potent 
problems in the state and that do resonate with voters. And they just haven't been able to find the messaging to get people to turn against Gavin Newsom as a result. Again, even though there may be certain bills moving through the legislature that law enforcement doesn't like, for example, because they think it would contribute to additional crime or things like that, where where there's potential to cause controversy. At the end of the day, it just seems like this election has become so much in people's minds, a, a battle between a democratic vision for California and a conservative vision for California. And there's just no sort of single issue that's really risen up to take the place of that. It's, it's more of this partisan battle and then above everything else, obviously this pandemic that we're all still dealing with. And, and those other concerns, as legitimate as they may be, have just not broken through beyond those Republican voters who are frustrated and want to recall the governor. Now, I would agree with you on, on its face with those, with those arguments. But on the other hand, playing devil's advocate, you have the legislative analyst office who identified and critiqued the governor, both on wildfires lack of having a strategic plan to deal with wildfires in the state of California. And secondly, also having critiqued the governor's handling of homelessness. And again, the lack of a strategic plan. So you have the LAO, and of course, you're in Sacramento, you follow, you follow the politics uh, in, in the capital. Those two issues, which potentially could have derailed the governor, appear to not be on the table for this uh, for this recall. I've you know I've traveled around the state for the last couple of weeks and spoken to dozens of voters in a couple of different regions. And what I come across time and again is that for Democrat Gavin Newsom's pandemic response is that's what they're latching on to. Mm-hmm. He was a leader during the pandemic. They are supportive of those steps he took. They view the recall as an attempt to punish him for being a leader during the mm. pandemic. Mm-hmm. And they, for the most part, are standing behind him. I've, I've met only one Democrat during my reporting trips who actually said they would vote to recall him. On the other hand, I've met Republicans who almost universally are prepared to vote him out. And they have a whole long list of issues, whether it be the widespread homeless encampments, whether it be a surge in crime last year, whether it be failure to get the wildfires in the state under control. But there's just not enough of them to overcome the partisan lean of the state, which is heavily democratic. And so at the end of the day, while people may have very serious concerns about Gavin Newsom's governance, and those are based in real problems some, in some cases, it, it just isn't converting into votes to take him out. Let's, let's take a moment and look at some of the demographic support for the governor. Last month, there was a poll among Latino voters, and the poll showed that there was a 54% margin in favor of recalling the governor among Latino voters. 
has the governor been able to improve his position with the Latino community here in California? I think it's really hard to point to any one poll and say that that is correct or not about his position in the state. I'm not totally sure which one you're referring to, but there are some better pollsters and some worse pollsters. And so that that poll may be accurate in it and it may not be. I do think overall, certainly there has been a trend of somewhat softening support among Latinos in California for Gavin Newsom, but not an overwhelming sense that they are turning against him. And I think this is a reflection of the fact that community in California has been hit especially hard over the last year and a half by the pandemic, Mm -hmm. by the recession. People, whether it was themselves or their family members, suffered from the virus at a disproportionate rate. And it's just, it's been a hard, hard period. And I think there's a sense of malaise and and frustration about that they haven't gotten more help sometimes in some cases to get through this so certainly that sense of discontentment is real and it you know it has cropped up in some ways but overall again latinos in california remain a heavily democratic community when it comes to voting the polling doesn't indicate that they're going to turn against him in some massive wave that would undermine his governorship. Well, Alexi, in the remaining few minutes left in the podcast, are there any other potential minefields that Governor Newsom, if he's listening, he might want to take note, are there any other potential minefields lying out there in the remaining 12 days of this campaign, this recall campaign, that he should be aware of that could upset the apple cart and provide a prize result? Well, I think one thing that is really valuable for for your listeners to keep in mind is that at this point, there's already been several weeks of voting that have taken place. About 25% of registered voters in the state almost have already returned their ballots. Mm -hmm. So every day that goes by, there's just a narrower and narrower window for anything to change the outcome of the election because so many people have already voted and sort of said their piece. And so even if there was something that might change their minds, it's too late. Certainly these wildfires that are threatening Tahoe and other parts of Northern California, you know, that creates a potential risk, but again, probably not enough to really change a race that it appears like he's going to pretty comfortably win in the end. Mm -hmm. Well, on that note, and that's certainly good news for the governor, on that note, I'd like to thank you, Alexei, for joining us today. And once again, we'll look forward to chatting with you at some point in the future once this recall is over so we can do a postmortem. But again, thank you very much for, for joining us today. Pleasure to speak with you, Jim. Thanks. And for my listeners, please take a moment to visit my website to subscribe to the podcast www.thesanfranciscoexperiencepodcast.com. It's free to do so, and by subscribing, all future episodes will come directly to your inbox. You can also listen to the previous 180 shows, read my book, peruse my blog, send me an email, or leave a comment. This has been the San Francisco Experience with your host, Jim Herlihy, reporting to you from America's favorite city, San Francisco.